Hello and welcome once again to Avengers Spotlight. And today is a very, very, very special day. And do you out there know why it's a special day? No, of course you're not, because I haven't told you to. Well, I, well, I shouldn't say that. I'll bleep that out. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to start over. All right. You ready again? <laughs> I'm still ready. That was mean. That was kind of mean, wasn't it? Welcome once again to Avengers Spotlight. With me as always... Oh, wait a minute. No. <laughs> Paul's not here! <laughs> and there was much rejoicing. Oh, man. Scott's here. Damn, I thought I had it all to myself. It was rich. rich. I was a happy miser. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, it is Scott and myself, Sans producer, on our own. He's not going to sneak in at the last minute. At least I hope he's not going to, like he did with the <laughs> D-Man episode. It's just us, and because we are going to cover tonight Giant Size Avengers number three, which Paul had already covered on his first appearance on Back to the Bins. So I am letting... frantically, frantically searching through the Back to the Bins. It's like 85, 83, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm looking to see which, hopefully there's a picture for it, so I know for sure, but I, I was like, so, so we could tell folks... That they could go, oh, there's not a picture. Let's see here. This one says, me and Mike Bailey, me and Mike Bailey, me and Mike Bailey. Hmm. Oh, here it is. 87. There we go. Yeah. I think I said, did I there say 85 or 87? Yeah. So he brought Giant Size Avengers number three, and somebody, I think it was me, brought the fly. I think I brought that. Help me. But yeah. So yes, we are we are covering a book that has already been covered. Yes, it was covered in Back to the Bins number eighty-seven, but it was covered uh, by Paul. I mean, we we talked about. I'm pretty sure I was on that episode, and I think maybe Mike was there. I forget, but I know it was definitely Paul and I discussed it. But hell, I didn't remember the book. I don't remember a well, thing we, we said about it, and I didn't re-listen to the episode so because I wanted to be fresh and I wanted to have my own. Freshy, fresh opinions of this. So I'm just pointing, we're just pointing that out. Just, you know, just so you guys know, if you want to know what Paul thinks of the book that we're about to discuss, well, he already told us a long time ago. So there you go. Well, plus we cover this one a little different. We'll be going somewhat page by page through it. Right. So it'll have a little bit different perspective than it had on the other. Yeah. Book. 
And that's what this is all about, perspective. Well, I don't, I don't have any real uh, Avengers news. Um, right. I don't think you uh, have you heard anything. Uh, you know. That, well, I was just going to say, I, I think it also bears um, mentioning that this is also the reason why Paul's not in this, you know, in this recording part of this episode, is that he wanted us to do it without him because you know he'd already covered it before. So he wanted us to be able to give our uh, unbiased opinions of it uh, without him, essentially. So there you go. That's that's why we are Paulists tonight. It's just it's just us. <laughs> the guys. Um, Avengers news. Um, not really. I mean, I, I've while I've been trying to stay away from spoilers about Infinity War, um, I am seeing a lot of stuff about Infinity War online. Um, but all of it's just you know getting me that much more uh, fired up about it. I'm just I'm really excited. I'm ready for this movie. And you know, I was thinking about it the other day. I think this movie has real potential to be like the biggest thing ever. You know what I mean? As far as movies well, go, really packing it in with with all oh, the yeah. with all the people. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of jazzed for uh, the Thor movie that'll be out in yeah like three months, maybe two and a half months. When's it come out? It comes it comes out like uh, November, right? Sometime in November, and we're already three quarters of the way through August. So yeah, yeah. What do we got? September, October, yeah. I'm very excited for that. What do we got between between Thor and Infinity War? Is there anything? When uh, does Black Panther come out? Justice League. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean Marvel. I know, I know. I was just being uh, being me. Uh, I don't think we have anything Marvel. I think. Oh well, I take that back. They're gonna have the Inhumans. They're gonna do the first episode in um, IMAX. Like, right like a movie and then have the show on TV. So I think that's like the next big Marvel thing we're going to get. Hmm. And I, I, did you ever finish up uh, the recent season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I did not, no. I, I, I my, need to... I, I, I can't say my theory then. I, I gotta get caught up on it. Be, because it's it seriously spoils the end of the season. So... They make that... Me, unless you want me to spoil you... You know, as much as they've cried and whined about viewership on that, they don't make it easy for people to to get caught up on that, I notice, because they don't keep a very big backlog of episodes, uh, you know, through the through the web thing, you know, if you want to get caught up. Yeah, well, yeah. They, well, they pretty much keep the latest four, and then after the season's done, it's gone. But I think it's already on Netflix. Do you have Netflix? Uh, I do. Uh, I think the current I, they've the been current seasons up there already. I think they've been putting them up faster. It might wow. already be All up right. there. You might want to check. Man, I'm just itching to talk about the end of that, but I don't want to spoil it. No, nah, don't spoil it. I do plan to get caught up with it. So, all right. Well, no, nah, I got nothing. Maybe on another show, we'll I'll all right discuss that. So, so with that, let's just hop right in and let's. Uh, so, as I said, of course, I'm clicking the wrong buttons. All right. <laughs> okay, there we go. Back to the cover. Um, uh, Giant Size Avengers 3, and we have right next to the Avengers uh, wording. It looks like the Vision ate some bad nachos, maybe, or something. <laughs> He's kind of like, oh. <laughs> but down below... 
all of that, we see different uh, going, starting at the top, we have uh, years in large stone letters, 1730, 18 something, maybe 1808, 1954, and they get larger as they go down the page, and then at the very bottom, we have the three figures of Iron Man, Thor, and the Vision, and Thor has already smashed through the one that appears to say 1975. Hmm. It's almost like that was the year this book came out. Hmm. <laughs> Which it is. And uh, we've got Iron Man with the nose. <laughs> of course. He smells and, terrific. Hmm, yummy. And uh, like I said, Thor is out in, out in front because he's using Majolner to smash smash the... Uh, Smash All right, I, I want I want to before we get further into this episode. I'm glad you just said that because there's something I've been meaning to tell you for for a while now. The and it and it comes up. Yes, it, it comes, comes up, up in this very book. It comes up every time I, I listen to an episode of Avengers Spotlight when it gets released. It's Mjolnir. Not not Mjolnir or whatever. It's Mjolnir. The the J is pronounced like a Y. So it's Mjolnir. I believe it says in this book it can be pronounced either way. No, no, no. It says it can be spelled either way. It doesn't talk about pronunciation. It talks about spelling. Well, I'll tell you what. I say we leave it up to Gene. <laughs> All right, Gene. Write in and give us a pronunciation Gene is guide. the o- o- official Norse pronunciator. I'm trying to remember what they used to call it on the animated show because the animated show actually did give a different pronunciation, and I can't remember what it was now. Thor's but hammer. It, how's that? But it was yeah. There you go. I you know this isn't the greatest cover, but it's not no. bad. But I'll tell you, there's one thing that drives me really crazy about this cover, though, is that there is a little bit of of dialogue on it. You've got. The vision going, Thor, Iron Man, it is fated that in this nameless place, one of us three shall die. And Thor's going, I, but who shall it be? Who? And I'm going, um, that happened in the last chapter. One of these dudes is already dead before you even crack the cover. Yeah, that is, yeah. I thought about that, too, because I was thinking, wait a minute, Iron Man's already dead. He's already dead. So now somebody else is going to die. Hmm. And does it look like does it look like Thor is missing a leg? It almost looks like he's deformed, and his whole body just tapers down to that one leg. Yeah, where's the other, he, where's the other well, leg? It's uh, yeah, because well, maybe he's just got a really wide stance because his other leg is obscured by his cape. If so, man, he's got. I guess a really... that means his shorts are going way up into his butt crack. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. He's got really, really tight shorts on. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, that's not right. And Iron Man's got like a little. Looks like he's got a peg leg there on the. Uh, <laughs> on, on the <laughs> but it, but but it's not that's, the same length yeah. as the other one. I'm not granted he's turning a corner, but you think his legs would have still been kind of the same length, kind of. I mean, the only one, the only one that really looks figure that looks good is the Vision. His yeah. legs are the same length. He's got two arms, two eyes, a nose. It's it's not bad. It's just yeah, it's got some wonkiness to it. This uh, cover, by the way, is by Gil Kane, uh, and you can tell that in Thor's face big time, yeah. and uh, inked by Frank Giacoya. 
like I said, it's, it's not a bad cover. It's just it's got some wonkiness to it. Well, look at Iron Man's. Uh, well, coming at us, that that that's his hand on the left, but it would be his right. He's got the fingers all splayed out. Like, right? Why? So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He he was frequently depicted as flying very strangely, and he's right. like a lot of the early books where he would fly with his legs completely splayed out. That used to drive me nuts. It's like, for one thing, you look stupid as hell flying like that, but also. If he's being, if he his flight is powered by his jet boots, then splaying your legs out like that, wouldn't you just like spin like a top or something? It's it doesn't seem like he would go straight. I don't know. <sighs> no like comment. I'm not gonna like, fight it. Like he would fly like Gamera or something, where you just spin through the air. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't make fun of Gamera. I like you. <laughs> I'm not making fun. I like Friends Gamera. Friends of all children. Oh. <laughs> Let's go, camera. 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 Camera is really neat. Camera is filled with meat. We've been eating camera. Shell, teeth, eyes, flames, claws, breath, scales, fun. Dr. Forrester is kind of a jerk. And Frank is really dumb, too. We have to take part in these lame experiments. But do we complain? No. No. Yes. Huh? So we keep all over the place. And talk of a thousand wonderful days. Everybody now. Camera is really sweet. He is filled with turtle meat. Now we have commercial signs. Uh, all right. So are we ready for the interior? Yeah, I was just going to give that the this was uh, the date I have for this is February 1975, and the story title is "What Time Hath Put Asunder." It is the Kang War Two conclusion, and you are going to give us the credits, I believe. Yep. We found something. Now, according in the credits. to yeah. So according to Mike's Amazing World, as you say, the cover date on this is February 75. The actual on sale date was November of 1974 credits on this one as listed in the book you've got steve engelhart with plot and title roy thomas did the script and the editing dave cockram and joe gaella are credited as illustration so i'm assuming dave cockram on the inks or excuse me on the pencils and gaella on the inks then you have kind of a strange one here lg peter on lettering and Petra G, which would be Petra Goldberg before she became Petra Scotese, mm-hmm. as the colorist. Now, the one that both you and I were looking at and going, I don't know who that is, is L.G. Peter. So, according to Mike's Ma- Amazing World, the letter is actually credited on his website as Gaspar Saladino. So, you and I looked up L.G. Peter, and according to the Marvel database, it just says that this may be a lark. That's kind of what I was thinking as well, which essentially means it's a, it's a what's the word, pseudonym mm-hmm. for, I guess it would be a pseudonym for Gaspar Saladino. Now, I don't know where Mike gets that information from. I don't know what source he's using for that, but uh, I don't know. Yes. If, if Mike still listens, hey, Mike, if you're still listening, write in and let hey, us Mike. know where did you get that information from. Well, and um, my, my book actually has different information about the letterer. They show that Tom Orzakowski, Gaspar uh, Saldino, and John Costanza are the letterers. That makes sense because, once again, I noticed that the inking was inconsistent throughout the book. So that actually makes sense. That explains the 
changes in the the look of the book as we go through it because i i had noticed that i didn't think it was i just thought it was inconsistent in the in the inking i didn't necessarily you think mean, it was different in inkers lettering? but that oh i'm sorry yeah we're talking about the lettering aren't we yeah well i mean yeah. I, I think the letters do change a little bit but yeah <laughs> Well, that doesn't explain the the inking, but yeah, the letter. I didn't really notice the. I don't typically notice the lettering if it's good. I only notice the lettering if it gets wonky or whatever. But yes, we were talking about the lettering, weren't we? It's late and I'm tired. I'm sorry. Um, there was one other thing I was going to mention. What the hell was it? Oh, I know. Before I forget, I'm just mentioning this now because I'll forget if I don't mention it now. Uh, this particular book, Giant Size Avengers number three, has been reprinted a couple of times, according to Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Uh, it was reprinted in the collected Avengers uh, Celestial Madonna Saga trade paperback in 2002, and also in Essential Avengers Volume 6 trade paperback in 2008. Now, I would think that it would be reprinted more than just those two times, but those are the only two that are listed here. So, interesting. So what do you got for us as far as synopsis? Well, my synopsis is always on Avengers Spotlight. comes from the official index of the Marvel Universe for the Avengers. And I'm also going to include a note at the that's at the end of the synopsis. But the synopsis goes like this. Kang and his Legion of the Unliving continue to hunt the Avengers and Mantis in the Labyrinths of Limbo. A lot of alliteration, thanks. Mantis tries to comfort the, a badly injured Vision... Midnight interrupts, determined to defeat Mantis in combat, and now willing to kill her as Kang's control over him ebbs. Mantis soundly defeats Midnight, but a curious Frankenstein's monster, that's a sentence you often don't want to hear, uh, carries the fallen vision away while Mantis is distracted. Hmm? Hawkeye sees the monster carting off vision and considers attacking to avenge his seemingly deceased comrade, but realizes this will do no good and continues to search the maze for allies. As Kang's control over his legion grows less absolute, the eagle-maniacal Baron Zemo starts to challenge Kang, who threatens to send Zemo back in time to his death if he does not obey. Elsewhere in the maze, Thor finds an apparently deceased Iron Man and vows revenge. Back on Earth, the authorities inform the Avengers' butler Jarvis that Libra has escaped. When Jarvis tries to consult Scarlet Witch in her state of mystical mystical seclusion, her strangely altered voice scares the batshit out of him. Oh, no, wait. Warns him away from her door. Back in limbo, the Human Torch grows increasingly reluctant to obey Kang. Wonder Woman tries to strangle the fallen vision, but... Who? Wonder Man? You said Wonder Woman. I said Wonder Man. I didn't you say said Wonder I Woman. I did not say Wonder Woman. I'll go back and listen to the tape. Let's listen to the replay. Wonder, no, I, no, it's Wonder Man. Tries to strangle the fallen vision. But the Frankenstein's monster stops him. As Wonder Man storms off to find Kang, the torch <laughs> helps the monster tend to the injured android and makes a shocking discovery. Vision had his wallet. Vision's android body seems to be the torch's body, rebuilt into a new form. Unwilling to see this other version of himself die, Torch convinces the mon- bleh, Torch convinces the monster to help him save Vision. Thor finds and attacks, attacks, attacks Kang, 
but Wonder Man comes to Kang's defense, holding off Thor. In Immortus' throne room above the labyrinth, Hawkeye finds Kang's captives, Immortus and Ramatut, freeing them despite opposition from Baron Zemo, whom eventual Immortus reduces to protoplasmic ooze. The monster, Ew. the torch, and a somewhat recovered Vision soon join Thor in confronting Kang, but Wonder Man attacks Vision. In the end, Vision beats Wonder Man into submission like a bitch, and Kang flees <laughs> into the time stream to escape Thor's wrath like a bitch. Vision tells a confused Thor of discovering he is a rebuilt Human Torch, and Immortus transports the Avengers, Mantis, and Legion to his throne room. Immortus then resurrects Iron Man, because, and Ghost, because, heals the Vision, restores Zemo to human form at Hawkeye's request, and sends the Legion back to their proper time periods to die once again. Having thwarted Kang, Ramatut departs, after which Immortus confesses that he is another alternate incarnation of Kang. I and knew it! Okay. Not Sorry. a big surprise, Scott. We've known that for years. <laughs> known that since 1975. And, and other... Okay. That he is another alternate incarnation of Kang and offers to help the Vision explore his past life as the Human Torch. Now, then there's a note here. That's the end of the synopsis. Then there's a note. After years of clues, Vision is revealed to be a reconstructed Human Torch while Immortus, like Ramatut, is revealed to be another alternate timeline incarnation of Kang. Immortus apparently sends the Human Torch back to his proper time like the rest of the Legion immediately following this issue, since this incarnation of the Torch is absent from the rest of the storyline. Future stories will reveal that Immortus had ulterior motives for helping the Avengers more specifically. He was trying to bolster Vision's sense of self as part of a plan to encourage the Vision slash Scarlet Witch romance, since Immortus was trying to prevent the Scarlet Witch from bearing children and he believed that a romance with Vision would guarantee the witch remained childless. And all of that will come to fruition way in the future in West Coast Avengers, if you remember correctly. Uh, bits and pieces, bits and pieces. Well, well, maybe it doesn't come there, but... Uh, was yeah, that during the burn run? Uh, I don't remember if it was before the burn run. Because remember she had kids, and then it was found out they were actually pieces of Master Pandemonium? Right, yeah, I do remember that, and I always thought that was kind of stupid, to be honest with you. Yeah, but that's, uh... So anyway, uh, now we're gonna dive into the book. Page one, the splash page. Ah, Mantis. Does she just need a comb or something? Is that... What... Because here, it looks pretty plain that, that they're not antenna. That they are actually, like, she's just got a know, stupid hair. Those don't look like, those look like, like horns. They don't, that doesn't look yeah. like hair. It doesn't even look like ill-kept hair. It, it, <gasps> Maybe it they're like, adamantium claws. <laughs> coming out of her head. But, um. Is that so any she, dumber than coming out of, like, your feet? Like, like, X-23? Ah. <laughs> uh, but Mantis does not say this one. She says, all 
my senses scream silently within me that you are dying. She doesn't uh, say this one senses. You're uh-huh. right. See, I thought I caught one on the very next page, but you caught it. You caught this one on the very first page that I missed. You're right. She does not say this one. Oh, you're right. Because see, on the next page, it's the fifth panel. She corrects herself. She says, and this one, and then dot, dot. She goes, I am here, Vision. So if she knows that she talks like an idiot, why does she persist? Well, I mean, okay. I mean, there's probably certain things that you and I or other people say or speak in a certain manner around people we're comfortable with or whatever. And then when you're in a different atmosphere, you may change your speech. It could be something like that. Oh, sure. Yeah, all right. I'll buy that, I guess. This At least that's what first this one panel. This, I mean, uh, I think <laughs> this splash page sets up a recurring bone of contention with me for the for this entire issue, which is there are things that are not clear throughout the entire story, and Engelhart. And I'm not sure where to put it, whether to put it on Engelhart or to put it on the artist or maybe some common. I'm going to put it on as a combination of both. So I'm just going to say the creators, that the creators just didn't properly address until the absolute end of the issue. And there's two big ones, and one of them is right here, which is Vision's injury. Now, until the very end of the story, and let me see if I can... You don't see his arm. Well, exactly, but I mean, until attention, maybe, I don't know, I I will take a little bit of ownership, maybe it's me, that I don't pay enough attention or something, but until you get to the abs, just about the absolute end of the issue where he says, damn it, I cannot find it, oh, here it is, page 27, which is pretty close to the end of the story, um... Thor is saying to him, he says, are you truly recovered, Avenger? The way thy cloak doth cling. And Vision says, an arm hangs useless, suspended by a thread. I don't know if it can ever be restored. But until that point, I I didn't realize that it was his arm that was injured. I thought that the ghost had just done something. Like maybe there was a gaping wound in his chest or you know, it's it's just yeah, made, not made clear exactly what the injury is. And I mean, when you go back through the book, then after that point, knowing that it's his arm, if you go back and look, okay, yes, they never showed you his arm after a certain point, but it was not made clear that that's what the actual injury was. I mean, it's not that it's a huge, important part of the story. But it was just kind of annoying that he did have a specific injury that you don't even know about until the end of the story shortly before he gets healed. So it's like, I don't know, it just felt really weird. You know what I mean? It just felt odd to me. Yeah, I just opened up 132, and I (laughs) want to look at that real quick at the end of that. So he's fighting Claw, Claw sticks his fist in him, there's an explosion. It's the ghost, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. He sticks his, whatever, his, the ghost has claws. Right. He sticks his claw in there, and, wow, man, the art in this last issue was much better. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, gotta be honest, I don't think much of the art in this particular and, issue. But the last shot of issue 132 has the vision laying flat on his back with 
both arms out at his sides like he ah. so it's yeah this is a little uh, i don't know what's it's wonky yeah. there like i say there's another issue and the other one is actually a much bigger uh bone of contention for me a much bigger nitpick if you will but i'll, I'll get to that one when we get to a more natural point to bring that one up mm-hmm. i also noticed and i now, granted, they always use kind of weird flowery language in comics sometimes anyway, but I thought that this one was just kind of dumb. That same page, page two, the third panel, where basically this is a flashback to the events in the last issue. Would you say it was Avengers 132? Yes. Where Vision got injured. He's flashing back. He's He's basically telling Mantis what happened to him. And he's talking about how the ghost plunged his arm into the Vision he says, I, as I have often done with others. And then he said, the resulting cosmic upheaval yeah, must have destroyed and him. Like, and I'm like, what? Cosmic upheaval? My ass. It's just, I mean, he was just using his phasing power. That's not, what's cosmic about that? So I don't know. I mean, other than the, maybe the ghost, is the ghost supposed to be literally a ghost? Uh, or is he just I, like a super powered villain? Well, he was taking on the Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer, so I don't. I, I just I'm not up on his power set. I don't know. It still seems like very strange verbiage to me. Cosmic up- upheaval. He's ma- it's like he's making it much bigger than it. You know. Is it? But is it me or is the division kind of like a drama queen here? Right. Yeah. And I lay here thinking that at last I might I might feel truly human if only in dying, when suddenly you were there. I mean, if I go and have an appendectomy, it's not a galactic event. You know what I mean? It's just, you know. When I pass a kidney stone, it is. (laughs) Okay. Well, let me tell you. I'll give you that one. Wanda, (laughs) is that you? Is it really you? And she's like, you son of a bitch. (laughs) I like the the thought that maybe the vision actually sounds like Ben Stein. You know, he's just all monotone. Wanda, is that you? Is it really you? Bueller. (laughs) <laughs> Wanda, Wanda, Wanda. <laughs> uh, and then this division's android mind has dictated that even on the threshold of oblivion, his he he spew forth the details of his end as a safeguard to other. What? What? <laughs> what? But, I guess. But that. But that done, he becomes something more human, merely a man calling out for the woman he loves. And so Mantis merely says, Bitch, my name is Mantis. No. <laughs> yes, I am here. I, Wanda. I guess it's supposed to be touching and everything that yeah, she's like, but it's not really because it's Mantis. And Because yeah. just then, then abruptly, the real world intrudes once more, even in the most surreal of places. Ninja stars? Who would dare accept? <laughs> a ninja. A ninja. Once more, you. The one who calls himself Midnight. But who looks suspiciously like the Phantom Stranger? Phantom Stranger, yeah, I know. I was thinking that too. Now, I want to read his dialogue here. I'm going to change it up just a little bit, but I love okay. this. Because this, this part cracked me up when I was reading between the lines. So he says... Our first battle was inconclusive. By the way, I didn't bother to look back to see. How did their first fight end if it was inconclusive? I don't remember. I think they, well. Didn't he run away or she ran away or something? Yeah. She, like, kicked his ass and ran away, didn't she? Something like that. So he goes, our first battle was inconclusive woman and thus unsatisfying to me. 
I have returned because I must prove myself even in these unearthly surroundings. For am I not the greatest martial artist master of all? Okay, stop right there. I guess not. Who's dead? (laughs) Exactly. Who's Who's dead? dead? Well, then she doesn't say anything. So he goes, you say nothing. I guess I'm not. (laughs) Because you do not know. Because you do not know. But I I like to change the because you do not know to I I guess I'm not. I imagine he talks kind of like kind of like Batman a little bit. Well, you shall learn. <laughs> you shall learn now. It's just, oh, it's really wacky. And he pulls out nunchucks. Yeah, exactly. Which she takes from him like a, it just, <laughs> he comes at her and she just reaches out, sl- grabs him and then throws him with the nunchucks. <laughs> well, well, not only one... does she throw him, but then, you know, a little bit later, I mean, she really... Well, for one thing, before we go any further, so look at that second panel, page three. All right, you can have either the hat or the full face mask. You you can't have both because you look stupid as hell. This would be like he looks like the Phantom Stranger in the other that other one. Well, he does. I like that one. The first panel is really good because, but of course, you don't see his face or anything. You just see the cloak and well, and so he looks. Face mask has yellow eyes, so he's kind of like. Like the like the like the Black Panther out on a you know a day in the city trying to disguise he's, himself. That that's a good one because I was going to say Spider Man, but you're right. He's more like Black. But this is Black Panther. With if a hat Black and a cloak. Panther wore, yeah, exactly, a fedora and a cloak. No, it doesn't <laughs> a, work. A, fedora. a a a dark blue fedora to match his costume with a black band on it. Yeah, that just looks dumb. <laughs> it does. It looks really stupid. So get rid of the hat. He needs. To... Oh, okay, so page six of the art, he loses the hat when Mantis yeah, now throws him. Well, now he looks like Black Panther. Yeah, now he looks like Black Panther with a big long ass cape. Because that first panel, uh, first panel, page six, when he's up on the wall there for a moment after she mm-hmm. threw him, and he's like he's like rebounding off the wall with the way his collar's flaring up, it almost looks like Black uh, Panther's. Uh, what are they yeah. supposed to be? Ears. Uh, yeah. So he yeah. does. He kind of looks like Black Panther with a cloak, and that's actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's an interesting character. It was just the hat, and maybe that's why they got rid of the hat, because maybe the artist thought the same thing. I don't know. I have no yeah, idea. He looks a lot more formidable the rest of this issue, although she pretty much kicks his butt. <laughs> well, what I love is the very next page, that first panel. Tell me she's not nailing him right in the belly. <laughs> I don't think there's any mistake in where her foot's going right there. <laughs> yeah, because the panel prior is like, now by my ancestors and against the will of the usurper Kang, you shall live no longer. <laughs> and then she's on her back and she puts one foot straight up in the air and basically catches him right in the jibblies. <laughs> This one shall live until destiny shall decree otherwise. And he goes, whatever you say. Uh, She she Uh, nailed him, but good. And then she gets him in like the full body hug. Right. She's got she's got her legs wrapped wrapped around his torso from behind with her arms like squeezing his head, which, you know, I think in some people's wheelhouses. <laughs> kind of might, people, might be a Saturday night. I some people know. pay for that. What is well, that sound effect? Well, she says there shall come an ending. <clears throat> <laughs> is it a happy ending by any chance? 
What is that sound effect? It just goes gung. Gung. That's the sound of his wallet being taken. (laughs) That'd be ching. He will lie thus for hours. Now she becomes like a mama sign. Oh, that's a common ending. Oh. Now, I know that. I know that's supposed to be Frankenstein's monster at the bottom, but that middle panel at the very bottom, that's pretty much my middle school lunch lady right there. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, because uh, Mantis goes back for the vision, and, uh, okay. He's <gasps> gone. He's gone. But the one before that, does she look like somebody there? Um, like, of someone from the 70s? Yeah, yeah, she does, but I can't. I can't quite place it, but yeah, she does. I think I think maybe purposely so. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you who. Now, reading between the lines of both this sequence and then a little bit later a sequence with Thor, I'm thinking that despite being always portrayed and even sometimes it says it in the dialogue that, that Frankenstein's monster is a slow, lumbering hulk, essentially, that he's got to actually be pretty fleet-footed because here, in the midst of this fight, nobody saw him sneak in there and steal the vision. And then a little bit later, I had a note where, oh, here it is. It's a couple of pages later, page nine. Thor's wandering the halls still all by himself, and he says here, truly this domain be most passing strange. I pursued the monster which did attack me only to lose sight of him down one of these many... And I'm thinking, how slow are you walking? I mean, you're... Well, I think that once the monster gets out of sight of people, he does like that thing with the Flintstones, and he's on his tiptoes, and he's going... <laughs> but that's my point, that. though, is that how does he get out of Thor's sight if he's a giant lumbering monster? How do you lose sight of that? <laughs> well, he didn't even see uh, at the end of... Uh, at the bottom of page 7, you see Hawkeye like, whoa, <laughs> I'm not going out right. there. He's hiding yeah, in the corner like, oh, shit. He makes no attempt. Well, also, yeah. he, he's got a stupid piece of dialogue here. He goes, ah, oh, God, where is it? He says something about, I thought he said something about if that is who I think it is or something like that. Oh, wait, I could tackle that big palooka, whoever or whatever he is. I'm thinking, isn't it obvious? <laughs> I mean, do you do you really have to wonder who that is? Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was kind of silly. So I, I guess Hawkeye did see Iron Man die because he's like, oh, no, not another Avenger dead. First Iron Man, now the Vision. We're when, dropping like flies. When did he see that? Was that the – that must have been the last issue. Oh, uh, yeah. I, 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 I guess it was. So he just watches Frankenstein's monster go down down the hallway, and he doesn't follow him to maybe see where he's going. He goes the other way. I'm out of here. Yeah, well, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, where is he? Is he on a mission? Is he... Well, he says, um, no, uh, my mind tells me I, I've got to keep going, find another Avenger together to make a last stand, no matter what the rest of me says. Say, says. I don't know, it just seems, it seems almost like he's, almost like he's betraying the vision, you know what I mean? Yeah. That he's not more concerned, I guess. I, I don't know, it just seems really strange to me. And then we, then we cut the Kang with... Uh, Wait a minute, did I miss a note on... Pa- no, I got, I've got the wrong note here, apparently, for the page that I'm on. No, I don't either. Here it is right here. I'm sorry. I want to back up just a little bit, because th- okay. this becomes a recurring thing throughout the book. So, during the, the fight with Midnight, before she kicks him in right in the crotch, she 
she's, you know, they're both sparring with each other, both physically and verbally, and she says... Uh, oh, that you're not Mantis, supposed to kill me? Well, she says here, she goes, uh, Mantis was... I hate when she talks in the third person. Mantis was never, or was trained never to underestimate a foe. Else she would not be alive today. And then that's when Midnight flips out, and he goes, Alive! Alive! Do not seek like Kang to lord it over me uh, because simply because you are alive, while I am one of the Legion of the Unliving. This became a constant bone of contention for me throughout this entire issue. The question of, are these guys alive or dead? Because I was well, really they, confused about this. They're supposedly brought this. back moments before their death, pulled out of time. That's so what I thought. they're not dead. Right, because There's, they, on are, page they eight, are alive. Because on page 8, that's what Zemo says. Zemo says exactly what I was thinking. I was like, wait a minute, they're not dead. They were pulled out of time. And that's what he says. He says... Uh, Damn it, where is it? It was here. It was Zemo that said it, I thought. Yeah, right here. Did you conjure us up from death's door simply to lead us in circles? He's talking to Kang. And then a little bit later, Kang says something about uh, that he was deceased. He says, you were, but you were also deceased until I restored you. Well, which is it? God damn it. Is, was he dead or was he on death's door? Because I thought that was the whole reason we got dates for these, for these guys is that uh, Kang pulled them out of time at the moment of their death. So they weren't dead yet. It was just when, you know, that was the moment they were going to die. So I yet. thought that the whole Legion of the Unliving thing was was him talking historically that they're dead in the present, that they're in, but they're not yeah. physically dead. But it seems to waffle constantly in this story about that because it keeps going back and forth. So later, Zemo, when he's fighting, I think it's when he's fighting Hawkeye, actually remembers being buried because he says, I was buried with this gun and it's fully charged or some stupid thing he says. Mm -hmm. But then at the end of the story, Immortus is sending the ghosts back to meet his rightful destiny, meaning sending him back to the moment of his death. So I'm, I'm lost in this. I mean... It's like they couldn't make up their mind, which it was. And then you get to the absolute end of the story, and it's, it is it is kind of sort of revealed that it's actually both. <laughs> that some of them were pulled out of time at the moment of their death. Some of them were actually, like, restored from death. And I'm like, huh? So, yeah, it's... I'll just take a... I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a page from Paul's book. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of that in this book, let me tell you right now. There's a whole lot of that in this that you just got to kind of turn the brain off. And Zemo tries to, he says, Now, Kang, I have a proposition to offer you. Together we can, and I have one for you, obey me or die anew. <laughs> okay. Oh. What, you dash This reminds you Thus, what? This reminds me a lot of bosses I've worked for over time. <laughs> hey, I've got an idea, boss. And the bosses just go, I've got one for you. Shut up and get back to work. Back to work. <laughs> what? You dare speak to one of the Master Race, the Harbinger of the Third Reich? I'll speak to you any way I wish, slave. Slave? I <laughs> <laughs> slave. and You are and I the Master, for it was I who, de who deceived the time-monitoring Immortus, used his apparatus to restore U6 to life, We'll just let that hang there. Then overpower him. <laughs> and only I can keep you living and sentient. Why? Huh? 
exactly. Well, do you want to die, Zemo? Do you like the sleep from which there is no waking? Do you? Then get back and lick them stamps on them postage and get it the hell out of here. See, Zemo shudders and while I'm silent. going to take, I'm going to take major points off for some of the stupid things in this book, but I'm also going to give a lot of those points back because this little sparring match between Zemo and Kang cracked me up. I actually liked this a lot because they get to a point where they get really petty. And I'm just imagining that there's a scene in between the panels where he's, you know, Kang's like, I'm not going to listen to a guy with a doily stuck in his head. And then <laughs> Zemo's like, you're wearing a goddamn fishbowl full of water on your head. What are you talking about? Because I'm telling you, Kang's helmet is right back into fishbowl on head syndrome here. Really, really bad. Mm-hmm. It kind of toned down a little bit in the last couple of issues, but now it is back to full fishbowl. He just he just looks ridiculous. He looks like he's wearing a diver's helmet that is full of water. He reminds me of Bud at the end of the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna text. He's gonna text uh, Zemo in the middle of the night. Love you, wife. <laughs> Love you, Z. <laughs> One of his hands is going to be blue. <laughs> sticking it in the toilet. Sticking it in the toilet. <laughs> he takes his glove off. He's got one blue hand. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, so then we've got Thor. Uh, just see now. Morose Thor. Well, you're right in that it seems like, okay, if we go back to page six and seven and then come here to eight and nine, doesn't it look different? Doesn't it look one, art-wise, yeah. The art looks a little bit more detailed, yeah, more cleaner, yeah. It's really weird. The inks, the inks are not as thick. Yeah, the, the ink. Uh, I think, but I it, think that actually starts on page eight, but where see, suddenly the inking is not as as the thick. First few pages look like kind of like Dave Cockrum, right? I don't. This doesn't look like Dave Cockrum. Well, I, I don't know. It doesn't look as much like Dave Cockrum on 8 and 9 as it did the previous pages. And then you flip the page again to page 10, and it's different again. It's much darker, thicker inks again. So, yeah, something something's going on, definitely going on with the art here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because Thor finds the body of Iron Man. He looks right up his He's nose. He's pissed. He does look up his nose. No breath stirs in the... In the clammy stillness, no heart pulses beneath his golden crimson armor. It takes not the presence of Dr. Don Blake to know an Avenger hath died this day. And then we have Thor just leaning over him, and he's like, a, there's a somber shadow of the two of them on, on the wall. Yeah. One has to question where the light source is coming from. But <laughs> <laughs> those Turn two. Spotlight. Those two panels, the one right in the middle you're talking about, and then the next one, the close-up of his suit, I like those two panels a lot. Yeah. I'm not crazy about the art in this particular issue, but those are two really good panels. Yeah, because then the next two bottom panels, hmm, Thor looks yeah. like, he's, like, like he's in a rock group. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yes, rest thee well, Iron Man, fellow Avenger, comrade, friend, for thou shalt be avenged, and he smashes some rocks. Ah, that's real helpful. 
These next two pages, do they serve any purpose whatsoever, or is just this the filler it feels like? Does does the guy at the bottom page that is talking to Jarvis on the radio that says that Libra's escaped? I swear this that looks like a uh, all I I know it doesn't fully look like it, but does it look like Kurt Swan drew that? Kinda. It kind of remote. Well, you know, guy isn't Gaella the inker on this? Uh, yeah, Gaella. I on... Gaella did a lot of Kurt Swan Superman. So oh, okay. yeah, maybe that's why this I don't... looks because this this whole page looks kind of like it could have been out of Superman. Yeah, yeah. Because I I was looking at it and thinking that that guy at the bottom reminded me of like um, Dick Giordano or or even uh, my buddy Vinny Coletta there. But you're right, it does. It looks very. It looks very DC of of from right around this very era. So yeah, I can definitely see that. I like Aquaman at the top of the page watching the star over the Avengers mansion. Oh, that's pretty cool. Zones. <laughs> what does that say? The Reverend, the Reverend Sun Smiling Mi- Moon. I think that was a real person, wasn't it? Where? Oh, oh. The I sign repents. Says repent. Sun, well, it was Sun Yun Moon. I yeah, think it was uh, yeah, because they yeah. were called Moonies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, huh. I, I just didn't get this sign. whole this whole page with the commish just seems like filler to the me. Right? Isn't that who he is? Yeah, oh, I, but I was think I was thinking of um, Michael Chiklis, right? The commish. I do like, like this page though, because the the cop the cops come to the door of the Avengers mansion. They're looking for the Avengers, and Jarvis hey, answers. Funny. And Jarvis looks different every t- single time they depicted him yeah. back in these days. And Jarvis says, "Sorry, sir, but the Avengers are away." He says, "All of them." It always seems like there's a, there was a hundred or so. And he says, "Well, actually, Miss Wanda is here, but she's incommunicado." And the cop says, "Look, I don't care what religion she is." <laughs> That's actually a good gag. I like that. Here, maybe you'll do. <laughs> and they're wearing cop uniforms from like the twenties. What the hell is up with that? Really? Like Button up. Yeah. Rested coat. <laughs> it's like yeah. Keystone Cops or something. Uh, that's funny. Oh, I just realized the walkie-talkie said Stark uh, Electronics on it. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Well, tell your bosses to get on the stick, because I got bad news for them. Libra has escaped. <laughs> and you're... We're, we're going, who? Oh, yeah, Libra. I remember him. The blind guy with the... You would have... The the chest. blind guys always have the worst outfits, too? Because they don't know what they look like. Well, I know, but don't they have friends that could be like, dude, seriously, you don't want to be wearing that out of the house. Are they not married? Dude, a tight blue Speedo outfit with, with uh, ankle-high boots and a purple uh, <laughs> blindfold. Just don't go with your blonde hair, buddy. looks <laughs> flat ridiculous. And then he's just sad Libra in the middle panel right there. He's just sitting in his cell. And since then... Uh, yeah, that's right. Your man from Zodiac, as you probably know, he surrendered to the police. And that was back in <laughs> Avengers 125. And since then, he's been a model prisoner while awaiting trial. We've taken it easy with him since he's blind and all. But this morning, <laughs> we, we wished we hadn't. What? What are you laughing at? You laughing at my accent? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Sound the alarm. I don't know how he did it, but that Libra Joker's gone. We still don't know how he did it, of course, but that's not the point. Point being, we need assistance on this thing. If Libra tries to help the rest of the Zodiac bunch break jail, 
I follow your meaning, sir, and I shall speak to Miss Wanda at once. Her Aunt Flo is visiting. I was going to say, it must be that time of the month. (sighs) Get away from the door, Mr. Jarvis. As you value your wretched life, get far away. Holy Uh, shit, Wanda. I wonder if this is when Jarvis went to visit his mother for a couple of months. That was your voice. I know it was. Yet it was also the voice of someone else. Someone not human. <laughs> Until next week, anyway. Yeah. Where's the commission's stogie when he's talking to Jarvis in the, on the communicator in that uh, in that panel on this? He had a stogie in his mouth on the previous yeah, page. Yeah, well, maybe. Well, well, actually, if you look on the first picture, he's putting it in his mouth. Right. He, see it? When he's on the walkie-talkie, he's got it, and he's put right. it up there. Then he's got it in his mouth, and the next picture, he took it out when we see him again. <laughs> ah, man, that hurt my voice doing that Wanda voice. <coughs> it looks like a zombie walking down those stairs in the middle panel on page 14 right there, too, doesn't he? Who? Which one? Oh, Char- yeah. <laughs> I must speak to Wanda at once. He looks like a zombie. Just the way he's colored there. His coloring's not right. He's got, he's got the... Frankenstein monsters coloring to his skin in that one panel. I like that uh, that Jim Hammond was part of the story here, the Human Torch and everything. But I don't know. It's just he doesn't. I want to say he's out of character, but it's not so much he's out of character as he's just kind of a wuss. He doesn't really do anything. You know what I mean? Well, he, no, he threatens to ram a fireball down Wonder Man's. Throat. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He does do that. Wonder Man's just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wonder Man. Mm-hmm. Things don't get things don't get better when he comes back to life either. <laughs> oh, 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 I might die. Oh, I might die again. Was oh. I like I like Simon Williams, but yeah, here he's just kind of. Uh, I like him later in the Safari yeah. Jacket era. Yeah, here yeah. he's. Yeah, I, I never liked. Even, well, for one thing, I never liked this outfit. But even then, he's fraught full of, of self-doubt and everything, because that's all right. through the Korvac saga, you know? Well, it was another one of my issues in this uh, in this particular chapter, is the fact that... And, and I, this, I'm going to lay flat on the art, is a little bit later in the book, when he and Thor tussle. Now, I think there's an attempt to make it really cool... But essentially, it comes down to one really good-looking panel, and the rest of it's just kind of your standard smack them up That's where they both hit. Like, they both are coming at each other? Yeah, they're doing the end of Rocky Three moment there, yeah, where they're yeah. both you know punching at the same time. But I don't know if you read it, but there was a, a, a relatively recent annual of one of the uh, Avengers books where Wonder Man came hunting for the Avengers. It was right yeah, after, like, Civil War the, and all that. Was that with the Revenger squad? Revengers, yeah. Yeah. And damn, that was good. I mean, I'm looking and at... And, I, you know, I, the, I, I think it was him and all the some of the other Ionic-based-powered characters. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really good. And, you know, here it's, it's admitted, uh, at least a couple of times in the dialogue, that here's a guy that should be able to hold his own with the heavy hitters of the Avengers... He's going toe-to-toe with Thor, and you're thinking, oh, here it comes. And it really doesn't amount to much. They smack each other a couple of times. Thor smashes him in the face with a boulder, and then he just runs away like a bitch. And I'm like, really? That well, That's he, it? He, well, he gets manhandled by the Frankenstein monster yeah, on stage, too. Yeah, he does. Doesn't the Frankenstein monster look like the Grinch? 
in that one panel. Yeah, I don't like the way he's portrayed in any of these, really. But I that's really totally don't. different. Okay, here we are, page 15. One, two, three, six panel in. Look at that panel. Now go back to page seven at the bottom of the page. Oh, yeah. That's totally... Looks, it is completely different, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah, something's up with the art. Because on on the other one, like, his eye sockets are kind of sunken in. He's got no flesh on his cheekbones. I mean, here it looks like he's had a like a few snacks and beefed up a little bit. <laughs> his face looks a little pudgy. I had an issue with... Now, granted, Engelhart, you know, was not the regular writer of the Frankenstein monster book or anything like that. But having read that and just knowing the basic background of the Frankenstein story, I think right here where, where Jim Hammond says to the monster, he says, Frankenstein, if you go by that name. Now the monster, uh, granted it pains him. He's like, he's like swamp thing in the respect that it greatly pains him to, to actually speak. But he, who the hell is messaging me? It's Paul. Oh, okay. Shut See, up, Paul. He's even his his reach is reaching out. He's like, "Are you recording?" <laughs> I said, "We are right now," and he said, "Cool." But uh, you know, so granted, it it pains him to speak, but he can speak. It seems to me like he would have said something to Hammond, some sort of objection to being called Frankenstein. Because remember, yes, he's Frankenstein's monster, but he hates his creator. Um, I'm trying to remember if he actually, in the Marvel continuity, if he actually killed the Doctor. I, I know he wanted to. Damn, I just reread this not long ago, too, and now I can't remember. I know he was he, he set out with the intention of destroying Frankenstein, but I can't remember if he actually did kill him. But he was constantly, in the early issues of that series, running, a gun, uh, running a, uh, up against... Frankensteins, like other, you know, descendants and, and relatives of the Doctor, with the intent to take them all. He was trying to eliminate the Frankenstein bloodline, essentially. So I don't remember the monster ever going by a name in the Marvel comic series, because I know in some of the movies and stuff that you would go by Adam. I don't think he ever went by an actual name, but I still think that he would object to actually being referred to as Frankenstein. But I don't know. It's it's probably nitpicky because come come to think of it, though, I think in his team up with Spider Man, I think Spider Man calls him Frankie all the time. Which you know, if he was going to object, I would I would think he would object to that as well. But I, like I don't know. Frank, I like to see the monster just, just you know say Rosebud. <laughs> what did he mean by that? I don't know. Citizen Kane. In case anybody's wondering where that comes from. My so, favorite moment of the entire book, though, is at the bottom of the page where, <laughs> where, where Zemo just gets on Kang's oh, last nerve. Yeah. So Zemo's yeah, back to the we're back to the odd couple. Dun, 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 you you got to you got to do the dialogue here because I imagine that this goes down much like a dad driving the car where the kids are acting up in the back seat to where the dad just can't take it anymore. That's how I imagine this scene goes down. All right, I'll I'll do Zemo. You do Kang. All right. If only I could get my hands on Captain America, that star-spangled swinehund. You're still raving? I shall put, <laughs> I shall put this to you, Baron. 
and words which you, as a creature of the mid-20th century, should be able to comprehend. Shut up or else! <laughs> and Simo doesn't say another word. He, he just turns around and walks the other way after Kang, Kang berates him again. That's better. Now return to Mortis' throne room and make certain that he and Ramatut have not escaped. And I warn you, do not seek to betray me or you shall suffer. And then Zemo is now like 30 feet down the hall and Kang is still yelling as like, as as one may suffer only at the hands of one who has had 70 centuries to perfect. And Zemo's like, yeah, 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 shut up. If this was a more modern comic, they would have changed it. I would be like, for Christ's sakes, shut up! <laughs> and then and then Kang is talking to himself. Hmm, perhaps instead of raising these six from oblivion, I should have summoned my st- stimuloid. Yet a true cockroach can work with any tools at hand. What the hell was I thinking with these assholes? <laughs> and then he's still talking. It is this where they shall crush thee, villain. That voice. I know that voice. Thor. God damn it. <laughs> and just when all my minions are far from me. And Thor is Thor is it down the hallway, man. Playing. He is they not the not fiend Quam. He just <laughs> clocks him with the hammer. He does. He just runs down the hallway. There is no playing. He just runs down that hallway and clocks the bejesus out of him with the ulnar. It's great. Oh, it's it's great. That part I I really do like. That made up a lot of ground for me in this particular book. Rise then and fight, because he knocks him down and uh, he had his force field on. And he says, "Did do you think I had no portable force field? Rise then and fight. Fight? I think not. What use has Kang for locking in hand-to-hand combat with a god of the forgotten pagan past? And he blasts him. And Thor's like, Ugh. He's got to give a little dig in there. God of the forgotten pagan past. Well, I like the fact that you know, Kang seems to think it's a big deal that he has a force field. And Thor mm-hmm. just basically tells him, I don't care if you got a care. force field. I'm going to beat the hell out of your force field to a point where it, it still kicks your ass. So that's I shall great. strike that field hard to know that I doth repel thee. <laughs> and he, block, knocks him down the So hallway. he knows that beating on the force field will still pummel him around, you know, still knock him all over the place. Yeah, and then Kang... You know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, here's one thing, though, is that now he's all enraged and pissed off because of Iron Man. Now, is it really that he's that devastated about it being specifically Iron Man, or is it just the fact that it's an Avenger at all? Because I never thought of him and Iron Man as particularly close, were they? Well, I think it's more of, of him being an Avenger of a comrade. You know, Right. Kind of like his, say, his... Uh, I don't want to say substitute, but um, like um, another version of his Warriors Three. Right. Yeah. You know. So he's uh, Thor's getting ready to you know lay in a little further for some more SmackDown when Wonder Man cocks him from behind and uh, knocks him down the hallway and then well, he does too, it, doesn't he? I didn't even yeah, catch he, that he that he hits him, him from behind. Fire. Oh, that's dirty. That's dirty pool right there. Yeah, because that's a shadow behind at the bottom page. Of, right. Uh, 18, you see he's he, he's got the hammer getting ready to come at Kang. And you see a shadow that looks like Thor, but that has to be Wonder Man. Because, one, he doesn't have the helmet or the cape. Right. So the shadow is, is Wonder Man. Oh, actually, because you can see Thor's shadow to the left on the wall. See? Right, yeah. 
So that's, uh, again, where's the light source coming from? But anyway, <laughs> Wonder Man knocks Thor off his butt, you know, and, and then, um, then we get the panel, I think, that we were both discussing earlier at the top right. of 19. The, the Rocky Three pose, or the Rocky, the end of Rob, uh, Rocky. Well, yeah, that was the end of Rob, Rocky Three, right? When they were, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was Rocky and Apollo, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, no, not, no. it's not a bad panel, it's just, it could be so much better. It could be so much more dramatic, you know what I mean? It's an attempt to make it really dramatic that doesn't quite come off. I actually like the next panel a little bit better where, where Wonder Man's decking him again. He's screaming, I'm Wonder Man, Wonder Man! <laughs> well, he gets like three, well, two good hits. He knocks Thor down again, and then Thor picks up a rock and throws it at him. <laughs> I got a rock. He does a... Yeah, he smashes him, but good him. with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I hit him with a rock. I hit him with a rock. So he smacks him in the face with a rock, and then he basically... Uh, he gets between Thor and Kang, and Kang's like, you know, stall him! <laughs> well, see, Wonder Man does oh, it again. Right. He says, uh, sorry, Thunder God, I rather like the idea of being alive again. So again, it's saying that he was dead. I don't, give up at that. Well, they, they, you know what? Okay. They may not all fully understand <laughs> what's been done. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> No, I, I know. Yeah, no, I know where you're going. I mean, they just maybe some of the characters are more aware of what's going on and what the you know the science. I mean, I I don't know. I'm trying to no prize it. I'm trying to make it work, but I don't know. I'm gonna call bullshit on the rest of the happenings on this page. So, in order to stall Thor pursuing he them, smashes the Kang orders. Wonder Man to pull down that pillar. And there's something in the dialogue here that says, uh, yet when their supports, he's talking about the roof, it says, uh, blah, 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 what lies above and below these seemingly endless quarters, even the mind of Thor cannot guess. Yet when their supports are removed, these stones still fall. This is the first time in the entire time that they've been down there that we've seen stone pillars. So don't tell me the entire roof's being held up by this shit. Because you just invented that for this particular moment of the story. <sighs> I'm looking around. I'm looking back through some pages for some stone pillars. You, yeah, you need to. You uh, need to have Arnold. Them. You need to have Arnold step in and call bullshit on this right here. It's all bullshit. <laughs> There's no pillars in limbo. Because you know I. You know I can't do Arnold to save my life. Come on, Wonder Man. What's wrong with you? Where did you find the goddamn pillar? <laughs> Here's that note you were talking about with me, Ulner, at the bottom of the page. Because it says here, and and there's sheer... it's right there. What's wrong? <laughs> and there's Mjolnir, Scott. And there's sheer it's just mass... like I said it was. And there's sheer mass would be uh, sufficient to block the way of any who not, do not possess. I can't talk. Who do not possess the mystic mallet called Mjolnir, and they spell it M J O L N I R. At Mjolnir. the bottom it says an assistant nitpickers. Yes, we know the name of Thor's hammer can be also spelled M-J-O-L-L-N-E-R. That's what I'm saying, Mjolnir. With LaRusse and Company? Who the hell is LaRusse and Company? I don't care. I agree with them. So shut up. <laughs> it's Mjolnir. <laughs> I'm going to look up LaRusse and Company because I'm curious now who they're talking about. put the LaRusse in your ass if you don't get on <laughs> with this book. Dr. Bill has to get up early in the morning. 
Larousse. Larousse. Is that some type of dictionary? It is a dictionary. Or Larousse. I wonder if that was maybe a author of huh? a mythology book. That's what I was thinking. Have you looked it up yet? I'm looking at it here, but it's... How do you spell it? I've gotten off the page. L-A-R-O-U-S-S-E. L-A-R-O-U-S-S-E. Larousse Dictionary. Huh. Larousse. French Dictionary? Yeah, that's what it says here. French Dictionary. Okay, whatever. Eh, okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. LaRousse Encyclopedia. Uh, a French publishing house founded by Pierre LaRousse? Oh, maybe that's... Hmm, okay. That's all I got. It's practiced in the art of love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pierre LaRousse. 1817-1875, French grammarian, lexographer, encyclopedist. Hmm. Early life, Pierre Relouse was born in Toussaint, but his father was a blacksmith. At the age of 16, he won a scholarship at the teaching school in Versailles. Why does he got to be a blacksmith? He returned to Toussaint, Toussaint, T-O-U-C-Y, to teach in a primary school, but became Touching? frustrated by the archaic and rigid teaching methods. In 1840, he moved to Paris to improve his own education by taking free courses. Okay, so what did he do? Okay. Uh, did he, ah, on December... Did he pass the touchy on the left-hand side? <laughs> oh, what's the name of that group? Uh, oh my god, I don't I have no idea. Musical youth? You got me. Something youth? We're gonna go with that. Okay, now we gotta look up past the duchy. Back back to the story. Past the duchy on the left hand side. Where does a mortis buy his hats? Musical youth. I was correct. Wow. Holy shit, dude. How did you know that? I remember the song. Okay, so he... It, okay, back to Pierre Larousse. He did an encyclopedia in 1863. Nice. So, there we go. That answers Pastaducci, answers Pastaducci, and Pierre <laughs> Larousse. <laughs> for those who really wanted to know. There's your tangents for the episode. You're welcome. So, where are we? Uh, page 23. Oh, the hats. Oh, yeah, yeah the hats. The hat. See, I don't well, care about well, well, the, you know what? Wait, the wait, story wait, wait, at wait, this wait. point gets wait. a little stupid, but everybody's wait. got a stupid-looking hat. Think about it. Rama Tut, look at his hat. Does he looks like he has a binky on his head. But does that answer where Amortis... Amortis is a future version of Rama Tut? Look at Rama Tut. Right. Hat. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Rama Tut Obviously, is wearing a binky, and... Amortis looks like he's wearing the end of a screwdriver on his head. Or like a small coffee table. Because <laughs> you could stack lots of things on the top of his head. So this makes sense, right? So Ramatut is an earlier version of Kang. Right. And look at Kang's hat. Obviously, right. Kang Ramatut Amortis has like a a furious a serious fetish about headwear. As can be seen here. 
there's somebody running a chapeau somewhere that is laughing their ass off every time that uh, Kang and Mortis Ramata whoever walks in to buy something. Oh yeah, because because he becomes what the Scarlet Sen Sen Centurion also. Did you ever did you ever read did you ever read the uh, Berenstein Bears book uh, Old Hat New Hat? Did your kids ever yeah. read that? Yeah, that that's where well, he's shopping you know, then for these. Then there's the cat in the hat. Cat. Hat. In French, Chachapo. In Spanish, is El Gato in a sombrero. Uh, Alright, let's see. Stay on target. Does it look like Hawkeye is shooting kryptonite at Zemo on pa- at the top of page 24? Those green rocks. It looks it looks like he just pelted him with a with a bag full of kryptonite. <laughs> well, he blew up the ground underneath him, but yeah. It's like right. Shot kryptonite at his feet. Well, we gotta back up a little bit, so... Hawkeye comes running in. He's getting ready to free Kang and Amortis. He just needs to press a button on the throne room. When in comes Zemo. Now, and, why uh, does why does Hawkeye hate Zemo? I didn't even know he knew who Zemo was. I don't think Hawkeye was even in the Avengers back then. When Avengers exactly when he got uh, killed, he wasn't because that was that was Avengers that was like nine? five. Yeah, it, it was in the single digits. Yeah, I don't know. So Hawkeye didn't join to like what, like sixteen or something like that. I think this scene right here is. I would under. I would buy this entire scene better if this was Cap, because this is Cap's rage, not yeah. Hawkeye's. Yeah. So I did. I didn't really get that at all. And then uh, Hawkeye steals Zemo's joy buzzer from his hand, <laughs> but then he pulls out the sneaky little. Uh, his little gun. Oh, okay, wait a minute. Zemo was obviously carrying a spare when the Avalanche did him in back in Avengers 15. But now Hawkeye didn't come in until 16, right? Right. With Kooky Quartet. Right. So yeah, so this doesn't this doesn't work. Wait a minute. I just caught a big old continuity error here. Alright, so because I thought about this, and I, I meant to follow up when I read this, and I totally forgot. So Page 24, Zemo douses Hawkeye with Adhesive X, presumably because he says, my miraculous Adhesive X. So I'm presuming this is the same shit that's got his towel stuck on his head, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I meant to track this to see how the hell is Hawkeye going to get out of this? Because if Hawkeye gets out of this, then why couldn't Zemo just put the same solution on his head? And and get that towel off of him. Well, then if you flip through the book, and I'm doing it carefully here, and I'm mm. pretty sure the next time you, yeah, the next time you see Hawkeye, page 36, page 36 he's totally out of it. And you uh, never got an explanation how he got out. Amortis did it. <laughs> I mean, well, that's what Amortis does here anyway. It's just like, oh, I'm Amortis. I, right, I, he, I puts, he puts I, everything back the way it was. Everything's back the way it was, so. So he restores Kang. From or I'm sorry, not Kang Zemo. Rather, he restores Zemo from just being a puddle of. Is he supposed to be spooty on the floor? Because that's really gross. Protoplasmic. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let, let's not jump ahead. Let's back up to where. No, we're no, going. no. I'm just asking. But if he yeah, if he, he does that, then why wouldn't he do? Because it says here, it, it's it's Hawkeye showing mercy for the friggin' Nazi for one thing. But he says. He says, that leftover Siegheiler might have been a crumb, but no man deserves that. So if he's going to have mercy on him that he's been reduced to protoplasmic muck on the floor, 
Besides, I'll sleep better if I know he's in a grave somewhere instead of flopping around like that. So, like, is that thing on the floor going like... Blum, 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 blum. <laughs> it's one of those like, pizza creatures from Star Trek. Like in... <laughs> or, or, <laughs> or like in Airplane 2 when it says, uh, Simon's turned to... <laughs> Simon's turned to jelly. They just got the... <laughs> the form of a body with a suit on it. It's just wiggling back and forth. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, this story's a mess. All right, let's let's back up to... Uh... All right, so... 24? Is that where we are? Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> flop. <laughs> sh- well, that's what it says. Flop. 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 You lousy, when I get my hands on you, you shall not ever. I make that instantly hardening paste will hold you until you're nothing but a rotting corpse. I had some Taco Bell the other night and made that exact same sound. (laughs) I who have spent the final two decades of my life with this accursed mask stuck forever (laughs) in my face thanks to the hated (laughs) Captain America. (laughs) Why is Hawkeye not laughing his ass off right about now? Well, he says, why don't you just zap me and get it over with Man from Glad. Now, what is the Man from Glad reference? So I looked that up, and I I thought I knew who the Man from Glad was, and I was right. It was was just a series of commercials, but I don't understand why he's... I tried to play it on my phone earlier, and it would never open, so I never got to actually read what it meant. I don't understand why Hawkeye is throwing that at... So this would be the same thing as if he called Zemo... uh, Oh, God, who was the guy that used to squeeze the charm in there all the time? You know what I mean? Mr. Whipple, it, it, it would make well, about Mr. as Whipple much sense. Mr. Whipple didn't squeeze the charm, and he yelled at everybody right. else, but, okay. then, but, but then he ended up squeezing it himself. Right. You know, it's, it makes to me it makes about as much sense as that. It's like, huh? It's just it seems like a total non sequitur. But maybe there was a was there a time when the man from Glad wore Glad bags on his head or something? I don't I don't know. I don't the know. commercials I watched, he didn't, so I, I didn't get that at all. But essentially, the man from Glad was he was kind of like a white haired Mister Clean that would arrive to show you how great Glad bags were and like Saran wrap and shit like that. So I I don't know. I don't get it. So, while Zemo's still reigning, uh, Amortis says, perhaps I can help you, Baron. Helped me? And then we cut away. <laughs> we cut See, away back. It's just cruel, because he, he leads him on by saying, I know, I know. Basically, if you get me out of here, I'll, I'll get that doily off your head, you know? And then he doesn't do it. And it's, oh, that's just because, yeah, because when he does get freed, it's like, psych! <laughs> You're oozed. But uh, I think we skipped around, and it, during this time, the Human Torch has figured out that the Vision's body is the same as his. It's 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 a it's his body that's been repaired or changed. And, what did he um, recognize a mole on his balls or something? How the hell does he know that? Crap. How does he know? I maybe he recognizes circuitry. I don't know. All right, that's what I don't understand is how does a Frankenstein monster fix him? Does he? You've got to let me do what... Oh, I can to save him. You've got to. Well, wh- why is he asking Frankenstein's monster? He's just he asking says, the permission to be able to 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 te- you know to touch him, I guess, because I he would he wouldn't even let Wonder Man That's touch true. him. That's right. He wouldn't right. let Wonder Woman. Okay. Wonder Woman. Wonder Man. <laughs> God damn it! That time I did say Wonder Woman. You son of a. I swear I didn't say Wonder Woman. Is but this after the change? Shut up. 
<laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Uh, so we go back and uh, Immortus is. Oh, I am the you, you. You you can help me, Immortus. How how? I am the total master of time. I can send you back back to before the mask adhered to your skin, so you may avoid that tragedy. <laughs> oh, guy's going. He's lapping it up, Immortus baby. Keep on John. <laughs> While he's got his bow. Now, how did he get his bow? Let's let's take a look here. That picture out of context is all kinds of wrong. Has he given head to the arrow? What are you doing? <laughs> well, because how does his bow suddenly like how does he reach his bow? I don't. I guess he reached it with his feet. And how did he get an arrow out of his quiver if his arms are stuck? I'm not like, I'm, there's a lot I'm, of, I'm done asking questions at this yeah. point. So he's aiming with his, you know, and he's like, he's saying, come on, teeth of mine, don't, don't come out for just a few seconds more. <laughs> like, well, I, I would mean, love it. Like a lot of... Two front teeth <laughs> just suddenly pulled right out right there. <laughs> that can't be good for your teeth to pull back that, especially if it's like a compound bow or something. Ah, that would hurt. Yeah. So he's pulling back and then, you know what? There's a lot of disjointed cuts in this. Like, if yep. this was, I mean, this is almost... This is almost drawn like a movie. Like, this would be cutting scenes back and forth. But when you're trying to read it, it's very dis- disjointed for me. I mean, do you feel the same way? Oh, or... definitely. Definitely. Okay. And, it's, and it's one of those ones where, to me, it's, it's one of those stories where they didn't... I don't know if it would happen in the writing phase or, or what, but it, it's one of those type of stories where... It's like the writer lost track of characters at particular points. You know what I mean? And just thought, oh, oh yeah, I got to get back to these guys. Right. But forgetting where they were, or how they got to where they were the last time you saw them or something. I don't know. It's just, it just has a very disjointed feel in in that respect to me. All right. Well, let's 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 plow on through on this one. So, Kang and Wonder Man are still walking through the tunnels and. Uh, Thor comes running up behind him again, because <laughs> twenty tons of jagged rubble aren't enough. Was not enough to keep me from thee, Kang. Verily, I do swear it shall. There shall come now a reckoning. And uh, so, uh, something that doesn't make any sense at all is that suddenly they see the torch and Frankenstein's monster, and everybody just stops fighting. Right. <laughs> and Kang's like, ah. Oh, Strike, strike at him! I am your master, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't think so." And yeah, the monster just stares him down, essentially. Yeah, looking into looking the cre- into the creature's grim <laughs> eyes, Kang suddenly knows that he should say no more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then they step aside to reveal the Vision alive, but Wonder Man said, and he was correct. I was at death's door, for even an android can die in his way, till one came who knew how to save me. And what did he do exactly? That's what I want to know. He, well, I don't know. Maybe he just fixes. He was familiar with the circuitry, fixes component. I don't know. Oh, good lord. And then this is where we back to what we discussed at, at the beginning, is that Vision is hiding his arm, saying that his arm hangs useless, suspended by a thread. Why didn't they show that? Like, what's the big mystery? Well, especially if he's supposed to be a machine, and he's like internally he's all full of circuits and wires and and stuff, then what would be so gruesome about showing that? Because I think that'd be kind of cool to see, you know? Well, you know what? Do you think it was something to do with the comics code and that you couldn't show a severed limb? But he's a freaking robot. Who cares? Yeah, but it's got the comics 
by the Comics Code Authority. It's it's got the stamp on it. It was. I mean, well, I understand that, that but I mean, it. could they not show a robot missing an arm? Yeah, but he's also considered to be somewhat human. I so, guess. I mean, I you know. Well, that that's a whole other thing because later on in the in the book, after fighting Wonder Man, they're showing him as this is what drives me crazy about really like characters like the vision to where okay he's supposed supposed to be a synthesoid so sometimes they would show him as having like synthetic organs and he would even talk about that you know my you know i have synthetic organs and blah 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 but then when like ant-man would shrink down and go inside of him then it's all wires and circuitries and it's like damn it make a decision it's one way or the other he's either an or you know a, a synthetic organic being or he's a freaking robot, one or the other. But you can't have both, to me, without it just seeming ridiculous. Because Hammond, to me, never seemed like he was a me- mechanical being. They always played up very strongly the fact that he was an android. So he was more or less a, a living creature that just wasn't made the same way that human beings are. He was he was artificial. But I, you know, I could kind of buy that, that he was you know, a, a synthetic man. And I thought that that was supposed to be the deal with the vision, but they always seem like they waffled on it. And that would, that would just make me nuts. So there's panels towards the end of the book after his tussle with wonder man, where he's physically bruised. It looks like he has a black eye and he's bleeding out of his mouth. Yeah. Yet he's got, he's, he's got a lump on his forehead, yeah. and a lump on his eye. Yeah. Yet he's supposed to be circuits and wires. I just well, I don't. It's oil coming out of his mouth. I mean, and I can even buy that that it's not really blood. It's you know brake fluid or whatever the hell. <laughs> brake fluid. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but it's still. I mean, how do you bruise a robot? You don't bruise it. You dent it, or you know you bust it to where you know the circuits are hanging. I don't know. It's just like damn it, make a decision. It's one way or the other. Because I think it's cooler the idea that his creator synthesized a heart and, a, and lungs and liver and all these other organs as opposed to him being steel and wires and you know what I mean? I, I think that's actually a cooler idea because it makes him human but not quite kind of thing and I, I and that's you know like movie vision I definitely get a, the impression that that's what they're going for that he's a, 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 a you know a, a, an amalgamation of machine and man here, I don't get that. I, I get, you know, well, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. You know what I mean? It, it, it almost depends on, like, who's writing him or what the story calls for. I don't know. It's, it's, it's very inconsistent with him in that regard. And I think I've even read somewhere where, uh, where Byrne had kind of the same issues with the character, where that same thing drove him nuts, where sometimes they would go inside of him and it would be circuits and wires, but then other times... Uh, you know, it would be mentioned that he had organs and things. So I just, I just don't get it. I don't understand. I, I don't. I guess I just don't does know not, enough about. Does him. not compute. Yeah. It does not compute. Exactly. You are a synthetoid, but yet you are an android, but yet you bleed. Help me, help me, Harry Mudd. Oh, wait, <laughs> error, sorry, error, error, error. Smoke starts coming out of Scott's ears. <laughs> so we're back to. Uh, <laughs> Back, back to Immortus trying to sweet talk uh, Baron Zemo, and he's like, "Yeah, free me. Yes, yes, I'll do it, but not until I have permanently disposed of this infernal arch. What in the name of the Reich?" Pew, pew. 
Nice. Hawkeye shoots an arrow and he says, "Minnesota Fats, here I come." Now that's a that's a reference that yeah, uh, that's that's yeah. Uh, Minnesota Fats was a was a pool player. Uh, Jackie Gleason right. played. I was going to say Jackie the Gleason. Hustler. Yeah. Yep. Right? Was it the Hustler? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. With with uh, with Paul Newman and oh. Paul Newman would would reprise that role years later in The Color of Money with Tom Cruise. Right. So yeah, that's a side note. But anyway, so. With oh okay, so Immortus and Ramatut are freed. It says while Z- and so Immortus <laughs> says, while Zemo now must reckon with Immortus and Ramatut says and with Ramatut who does absolutely <laughs> Zemo nothing. says wait my face wait my face you swear you make me whole again but I was going to the Tashi station to pick up some power converters oh but I shall make you whole again my dear Baron. A whole blob of shapeless, lifeless protoplasm. Ew. And in the very next panel, he says, From dust did I raise him, and to the dust he has returned. No, no he's not. He's protoplasm. No, he, he went the wrong way, dude. You needed to turn the dial to forward, not backward. Oh, and, gross. And, says, and now, before Mortis can take further wrathful action, we jump to Kang and everybody else. And Wonder Man starts to slug it out with the vision... Uh, who only has who make you, also make used. you feel like a big man beaten up on a one-armed robot? Yeah, but Vision uses that move that Manus used earlier and kicks Wonder Man in the in the Ghiblies too. Does he? Where is that? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah he does. Yep. We call that the Ghibli maneuver. <laughs> the Ghibli maneuver. <laughs> so then the last panel of page thirty-one. <laughs> that's really a weird-looking panel. What? It, it, but it looks like he hit him so hard that, like, his head <laughs> was, I don't know, because you don't see Wonder Man's head and Vision's head is on top of Wonder Man's body, almost like it's turned backwards. It's just really a weird looking That panel. is a weird one. And Wonder Man, he does look like a woman in that first, so you have three sets of panels, right, top to bottom. That first panel at the bottom right there where it says, would he still, like Kang's living weapon, attack without mercy? Does he not look like a woman right there, leaping at the vision? Yeah, I think he does. does. With with the way those W's are, hanging, yeah, exactly. It makes yeah. it look like he's, uh, yeah, he's got a big bosom. Yep, exactly. So, and even from this page to the next page, doesn't the art change? It looks cleaner. Yeah, it's. The coloring looks slightly different. The panel where Vision is hitting him back and his head is actually flying out of the panel, that's actually that's a nice artistic touch. That looks kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Thor looks... Speaking of that, uh, what's that, that panel, uh-huh. yeah, then Thor is coming down like he's... <laughs> he looks flat ridiculous. <laughs> he's ready to lay the smack down on Kang. I don't know why, but for some reason that reminds me of like a Molly Hatchet cover or something right there. I don't know why I, 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 I have... Flirting with disaster. That's the only Molly Hatchet song I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> Gonna smash me down some Kang. Getting flirting with Time Master. Well, look at, this, look at his face on that next panel. Thor or Kang? Thor. Kang's like hiding. Ah, don't hit me. Thor just looks. He's got a really maniacal. He's smashing him so hard. He, he smashed him into the wall in his force field. He's like destroying the wall behind him. He's hitting him so hard. And at the last second, 
Kang just disappears into the time stream. It's just, it's too bad that the art's not better in this because Thor is really beating the shit out of him with that hammer. It's great. But the art just doesn't really support the story in, in that particular aspect, I don't think. It's not dramatic enough. But Thor's really wailing on him. And then is and, and then when Kang just disappears, is this only then does the warrior madness leave the son of Odin? Is this then how it all doth end? This ignite what? Ignominious? Ignoramus? Ignominious. Ignominious. Oh, thank you. Puff of smoke and Kang escapes. So, uh, so now the the three Stooges. <laughs> Hammond, Vision, and <laughs> Frank. <laughs> Larry Moore and Frankie. <laughs> Actually, Frankie's the one with the mo cut right there. So yeah, I so like I like the lines the around Vision's head where he's going. Ugh. <laughs> oh yeah, it does look like he's swiveling his head it around. It does. Like, yeah, he's, wow, he's got those I... cartoon swivel lines around his head, like his head spinning. He's got like the little birds tw- <laughs> tweeting around there. A tweeting bird. Li- a tweeting little- bird. Roger, read the script. Except they're little. Says Vision birds. gets clunk. Vision sees stars, not birds. Stars. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Here's your Roger Rabbit reference for the oh, episode. See? Now this this is okay. So Thor talks about the towering gargoyle behind the both, and he says, slow down a minute, Asgardian. If not for that towering gargoyle, yeah, there wouldn't be cute. enough of me left for the original human torch here to carry. I guess because he saved them? Hmm. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then there's suddenly, because his body, um is the torches that explains his mental blocks where he could not go near water. Ha! Huh? This has, has occurred in several recent Avengers issues, which I don't remember that, but, I mean, it's been a long time since I've read these, like, like from start to finish with, like, a big run. Right. So then we get a flashback of when Jim Hammond was some, was encased in concrete or trapped at the bottom of a, of a pool, which is kind right. of funny because... If you jump ahead a couple years to the west, to the West Coast Avengers, I believe the miniseries, one of uh, one scene that really I remember from a comic that I thought was really cool was when Graviton had Simon right Wheel trapped at the trapped bottom of the, at the pool. bottom of a yeah. pool, and he couldn't die because he wasn't he was a being of energy and he just was stuck down there in the pool, and he finally gets his way out of the pool because he digs his fingers into the bottom of the pool and cracks it and then is able to is able to free himself that way but but that's that's a complete side note yeah i covered that years ago on um on uh oh was that avengers show it was uh jose rivera used to used to host that show it was he and i and a couple other guys we we did that Mm. it was the was that roger stern that wrote that it was a four issue Uh. mini I, I want to so. say it was Roger Stern that wrote that, but yeah, I, we covered that. I'm trying to remember what the name of that show was. It was Avengers remember, Avengers Assemble, maybe? I forget. I think so, yeah. That was a good show. I don't think it's available anymore. I don't think you can find it on the internet anymore, which is a shame. Anyway. So then they, you know, it's... You, it's... Ah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, 
the torch vision is still going on and on about how yeah the torch was the first android as the fantastic four and eventually became the vision and then thor says then i must ask thee both how and they Uh look at each other with (laughs) and then it's almost like you could end it here with star trek (laughs) so then they all well there was also the comment here about the the torch having been possessed by criminals for a while? I don't remember that. Well, not well, not possessed. I would say owned. I got you. I, don't I still don't remember possessed. that, though. I don't either. Hmm. I mean, I'm no expert so, on the human torch, but I don't remember that. So now we get to page 36 to where, obviously, Hawkeye has already been freed by Immortus because he's suddenly standing there, and Mandis is there with, with Midnight at her feet. The dead Iron Man. Now Ramatot looks like he has a crayon on his head. <laughs> Egyptian yellow. That's my color. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I don't know the black clad one, but he still breathes while Iron Man does not. I guess R2 was concerned too. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear yeah, that. Yeah, I did. Oh, uh, oh it's my iPad. Uh. Well, shut up, R2. Jesus. Why is he going off? Anyway, so they're all, you know, sad that Iron Man's dead, but Immortus is like, eh, I got Mantis this. isn't sad. Well, she, well she's kind of like all men die in their time. Mantis she's did what very... she did. What did Mantis yeah. do? She didn't do anything. She, she didn't do was shit. She, even there? She, was even, she wasn't next to Iron Man when he was dead. Yeah, she, she's, right? she's very she dismissive. Up. Of the whole thing. She beat up. We haven't seen her. We have not seen her. All right. The last person that saw Iron Man was Thor when he went on his rampage. Right. That was on page 10. And Mantis hasn't been seen since page 7. See that? All by herself. See, that's what I mean. Yeah. So suddenly she's like, well, I did what I could. You didn't do squat. (laughs) (laughs) I did what I could. Nothing. Lying. And she's got her arms crossed, too, like, well, I did what I could. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, exactly. And her head back and forth. <laughs> Does she snap her fingers, too? No, she snaps her antenna on her head. They go back and forth. Like, oh, oh, this one didn't. Uh-huh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, this one didn't. <laughs> <sighs> and then Immortus is like, Immortus Science. <laughs> uh, you all exist not in regular time at this moment, but in limbo, where the space between heartbeats between breaths can be an instant or an hour, as Amortis wills. What is that and shit Thor. that he's shooting at uh, at Iron Man? It I looks like know. he's shooting he's got... like fingernails at him or something. What the, what the hell is that? That's gross. I don't know. Maybe he saved up some boogers or something. <laughs> that the Golden Avenger li- and Thor's like, then thou sayest. That the Golden Avenger lives, Thor. What is more, what is more, only a second has passed for him since he was felled. And then huh? Iron Man's freaking out. The heat! Ah! <laughs> he's like having a, he's like, him, ah! I'm on fire! I'm with Tom Cruise. <laughs> I'm his! <laughs> and then Thor's like, oh, the sensation will pass, Iron Man. But the horrible scarring to your mental psyche won't. <laughs> oh, sorry. Thou art alive again and unharmed, except for my brain. No wonder I'm an alcoholic. And then, <laughs> I now I know you're not a Doctor Who fan as much as the rest of us, but the Vision kind of gives a Doctor Who line because he's like, uh, 
you're right, I'm okay, but how? And the Vision says, we'll explain later. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 you'll explain that right now, thank you. <laughs> now for you, Vision. Bzz. Who is he, Maz Katana? <laughs> yeah. You entered the limbo, the labyrinth of limbo, a person, in, a person entire, and so shall you soon depart. My arm, my hand, restored again as if by magic. Thanks, Immortus. Simply laws of science, which none who dwell on an earthly plane can ever hope to understand. Not even you. Why do characters, every time somebody says something like that, it always annoys me that at, at least one of the Avengers doesn't go, Are you calling us stupid? Are you, are you really saying that we're, we're just too dumb to understand that really? Okay. Yeah. So then he brings back the ghost. Why? I don't know. What? I don't. Was the ghost dead? Did he die after from he, his battle with the vision? After he fused his arm into the vision to cause this grievous injury that they didn't tell us about until the exact end of the book here, he, remember, there was the cosmic upheaval and he oh, disappeared yeah. in a puff of smoke. Which he was oh, so God. much better off. How does this guy wipe his own ass with those claws? He's got he's got each Very one of careful. his hands looks like the the claw from Toy Story. So how does he wipe his ass? That's what I want to know. Like I said, very carefully. He's got to be so, awesome at midway games, though, getting the stuffed animal. <laughs> and Immortus is like, now have I forgotten anyone? If not, oh uh, wait, wait, wait! Uh, you sure did, big man. You forgot Zemo. Says Hawkeye. That that leftover Zeke Heiler may might have been a crumb, but no man a deserves crumb. that. A crumb. Besides, I'll I'll feel better knowing he's in a grave somewhere instead Look, of flopping um, around like that. Blah, 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 blah. Crumb. French for asshole. There we go. <laughs> the good Baron was a particularly distressing individual. So ordinarily, <laughs> I would deny your request. That's right. But I'm, I'm going to stop calling people assholes and call them distressing individuals. That's probably more politically, inc- politically correct, oh, right? Wow. I should use that at work and say, you know what? You are a distressing individual. <laughs> but we, but you and I and the rest of the listeners will know it's cold, code for asshole. <laughs> Man, that I meet some distressing individuals today. Paul comes back. We'll just refer to him as, instead of producer Paul, he's distressing individual Paul. Oh, no, he's going to hear this. Shh. Yes, so Zemo is brought back and then sent back. That is a blah, disturbing blah, blah. picture of Zemo coming back, too. That's the exact sound effect I had in mind, too. <laughs> <laughs> he's like just an empty suit and he just like inflates and suddenly and then poof he's gone <sighs> and now Ramatut, you must go I know I suspect Mortis that there is much you know and prefer not to disclose to me you know that I know that you know that never mind I won't finish that from that Eddie Murphy routine and then he tries to be nice to Mantis and she has the worst case of <laughs> face I've ever seen in my life he's just trying That's to be you. nice to her what a bitch. As, as for you, my dark trust one, I leave you with the words of an obscure poet, all but forgotten in Kang's 40th century. To thine own self be true. The other says nothing. <laughs> well, that yeah, face like, says a lot, though. Jeez. Yeah. Do you know, is, that a, is that Shakespeare? Yes, I believe so. So he's an obscure yeah. poet in the 40th Oh, good. Good, because I can't 40th century, yeah. Yeah, good. 
Then Ramatut vanishes without another word. Even as all the unliving legion do likewise, each to his own special fate, be it death, or the moment, or the moment in time when he was snatched living from out of the time stream. So we have it either way. Thank you so much for clarifying this at the freaking end of the story. Oh my! To play a role in a drama which no one in any century will ever fully comprehend because we're too stupid. Oh, I just realized that's the Silver Surfer. So is that when he died? Did Silver Surfer kill him? Yeah, it was like sort of Silver Surfer eight, uh, seven, eight or nine, something like that. It was yes. early on in the run. All, right. All that is save one. You torch, I have singled out so that I may send you back in time to learn how your fate and the visions became intertwined. Wait a minute, doesn't, see, it, too- doesn't it look like? Okay, in that in that panel where they all go back to where they they belong, you've got the Silver Surfer versus the Ghost. You've got Midnight looking completely stupid in that hat versus Shang Chi. But then, yeah. doesn't it look like the Frankenstein monster is in the same hallway with the Masters of Evil and Wonder Man? Kind of, yeah. He shouldn't be, Could right? Be. No, no. But I think it's just it's you know. He's supposed to be somewhere else. It's just it's just drawn so oddly. Right. I guess. And it looks like he's wearing a stole as opposed to that that fur jacket thing, that vest stole. thing that he has. So, or two tribbles. He's got a tribble shoulder. This <laughs> this is where Amortis uh, spills the beans. Have you not guessed? As Ramatut, did I did I as I am several. Several of the Avengers have. Amortis himself is but another manifestation of both Kang and of Ramatut. <laughs> Here in a nameless limbo and future of which even Ramatut was unaware. And then Iron Man, Iron best Man's... line of the issue. This is all beyond me. And, and <laughs> even the face on his armor is like, what the hell's going on? I was dead. Now I'm alive. I need a drink. <laughs> this is all. Oh, I, just, I, I, I just love... Imagining the tone of voice, he's he's just like, yeah, this is all. I just, he's basically saying, I just, I just don't give a shit, man. Just let me out, okay? I'm done. I'm and done. And Morta says, as well it should be. <laughs> you just hear him saying that smugly. There are things which neither you nor Ramatut may know until the appointed time. So it is written in the future of. So it is written in the future history of the Celestial Madonna. Ah. Huh? <laughs> uh, wait a what? moment more and we shall stand on earth once more and verily this is thor speaking even i have come to miss it yet you still have not answered my question how did the original human torch come to be the vision and uh vision says i, I don't know thor but with the aid of the one called Amortis, we are both determined to find the answer and uh jim hammond says and neither of us would bet a roosevelt nickel that we're going to like it so I think I know where this is going, and I think the story it's going to has been retconned to a point where I don't even know what the hell the, the continuity is anymore. I think it was retcon. A lot of this stuff was retconned in Avengers Forever. Yeah. The, well, I think out, the Avengers uh, Forever is the one that 90s. attempted to. Yeah, I, I think Avengers the, Forever is the one that it. attempted to fix it because basically two things happen: is that you mean a retcon of a retcon? Well, yeah, because. Retcon? Because for, if I remember properly, what happens from here is it establish it's it's established that basically the vision is the recycled living version of the corpse of the original Human Torch, and then yeah, later on somebody burn or somebody was like, no no no, that's not right, 
and it was yeah, something Back else. West Coast Avengers. And eventually, yeah. what happened in in Avengers Forever? It's revealed that both origins are true at the same time. That's that's how because eventually in West Coast Avengers they bring Jim Hammond back from the dead. Well, if right. Jim Hammond was dead and buried, then that who the hell be. is the Vision? So yeah, it's revealed that the I Vision actually was not. Time. Yeah. Uh, so that's what uh, that's what uh, Busick did in Avengers Forever is he said, well, both of them are actually true because somebody, one of these time travel guys, was actually able to diverge that moment in time to where there was a Jim Hammond corpse and a Jim Hammond's whatever that eventually was revived as the Human Torch. So he actually existed in two physical forms out of this one moment in time kind of thing and it was really weird but i mean it was so he's the uh he's the schrodinger cat yeah exactly yeah that's yeah that's exactly it he could be in two states at that's once a great yeah that is a great analogy that is that is totally what he is but the problem with that though still goes back and i think this is why in the first i i could be wrong because something's nagging my brain and i want to say this is in the burn West Coast Avengers run, I think that's where it's revealed that the whole reason Byrne did that is because of what I was talking about before, about how sometimes they would go into the vision and he would be nuts and bolts and other times he would be some some like semi-organic. And I think that's why he did that retcon of his to where Vision was not Jim Hammond because he was trying to establish that that the vision which was much more of a machine because remember in the beginning of, of Burns run on West coast Avengers, they disassemble the vision down to his components and he is clearly a machine because he looks like a big circuit board all laid out on the floor. Remember? Right. So, Not disassemble vision five. <laughs> so I think that's why Byrne did that because Byrne was trying to say, no, he is very clearly a mechanical being, not a a, a semi-organic being. And I don't know, but that that was the problem, is that Byrne, I don't think Byrne gets enough credit for doing things that later other writers, like, say, Busick, became really famous for doing stuff like that, you know, fixing continuity. So, but Byrne has attempted to do that sort of thing all through his career. But the problem is, is that you get some of these other guys that don't like him, and they'll come right back you know, onto a book after he's gone and then just, nope, that's not right. And they'll change it. I know Peter David used to like to do stuff like that. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of the problem. And then we, the fans pay the price for it. Cause it's like, I don't even know which version's the right thing anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's, well, let's, let's grade this thing. Time for gray. Oh my God. Yeah. Time for grades. Cover. Uh, I'm going to give the cover. I'm gonna give it a C. It's just, it's not. I mean, it's it's all right, but it's not. I mean, it's just not that great for me. And plus, the whole I, thing about you know, oh, one of us is one of us three shall die. No, one of you is already dead. Exactly. So, I am gonna give that a C. The interior art is not consistent. I mean, we got a couple good shots, but I think overall, and I hate to be so harsh, but I think. I got to give the art a C. Now, for the story, I mean, if we go the way it jumps around a lot, I mean, well, the story they're telling is interesting. 
I mean, it has action. It's got some funny dialogue with, you know, between Zemo and 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 Kang. So I, I think the Zemo and Kang stuff and Thor's ferociousness, I think I'm still going to give it like a B- minus for the story. So I guess overall it's going to be, I guess, a C-plus book. Okay. For me. Um... I fear I'm not going to be as generous. Cover on this, I want to love it. I'm a huge fan of Gil Kane, but beyond Thor's general stance and face, I really don't care for the cover. I, I like the the basic layout idea is really cool of them flying through time and the, and the numbers and everything and Thor actually smashing through. 1975 that that basic layout is pretty cool it's when you really start paying attention to the details you realize ooh, there's a lot of wonky in this i don't like the way the vision is flying i mean technically i guess there's nothing wrong with it but when vision flies i don't imagine vision flying like superman and this is a very superman pose vision to me is more ghost-like or wraith-like in the way that he should be depicted flying and all so i don't know it just on a nitpicky level, it kind of bugs me. Thor truly does look just like his body tapers down to one leg, like he's massively deformed, and that just really bothers me on this. It's like, seriously, where the hell is his other leg? And then Iron Man just, yeah, he's all kinds of wonky. He looks all wrinkly or something. There's just something messed up. And ever since you pointed out that one leg, now I know his leg is cocked, under his chest right there, but it really does look like he's just got like peg feet or something. It's really kind of wonky. So yeah, it's, it's a good design, but poor execution on this one. So I'm going to go, I, I, what'd you say? C minus. I think a C minus is actually more uh, than generous. Just a C. Yeah. I'm going to go C minus on it. Cause it's, it's less than average. It's not horrible, but it, it could be so much better. Interior art is all over the place. It's up, it's down, it's inconsistent. I really do think that there's a lot of different inkers and potentially other pencilers as well. There are a couple of really good panels. Uh, Close-up of Thor's face when he gets really pissed when he finds Iron Man's corpse. Um, There's a couple other sequences. A couple of the fights are pretty good, but it's just not enough combined to to save it or, or make me give it a high recommendation overall it's very generic and there's a lot of it that looks very vinnie coletta to me just kind of quick and scrappy just to get the damn thing done and i'm never a fan of when comics do that so art wise uh, I think I'm going to go a C minus on the R as well. I'm, I'm tempted to go even lower, but there are a couple. I mean, it's functional. And so long as I can follow it, I, I try not to give extremely low grades. I mean, it's not great, but I, I at least can understand what the hell is happening. Um, my harshest grade is definitely going to be on the story. I'm just going to be perfectly honest. I think the story is stupid. I think that, and I don't know who to blame here. I don't know if it's Engelhart. I don't know if it's Thomas. I don't know if it's... The artists, I don't know if it's a combination of all three, but I seriously do believe that they lost track of characters at certain points of the story. It's all over the friggin' place. Um, it's poorly explained exactly what the threats are, especially with Vision. I really object to the fact of 
they're trying to play on our emotions that he's in some dire danger, but you never understand what it is until he's healed of it at the very end of the issue. Oh, yeah, by the way, it was my arm. Well, thanks for telling me. So that really made me – that just irritated me. And the same thing with the, with the origin of the Legion of the Unliving. I think they're misnamed. They weren't truly unliving at all. They, you know, as it said, they were they were pulled from their moment of death. Um, although it did say something about or them being dead. Well, I, I want to. Uh, so if they were, if there were any of the members that were truly dead, then how does that work? How how did the resurrection process work? Because I don't buy it. I I understood it right from the beginning that they were pulled from their death moment. So now all of a sudden we're, we're getting both somehow. I just don't, it just didn't make any sense to me. I thought that that was really kind of stupid. There's a, it's Immortus mad. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of really dumb moments in the story. And the only parts of the story I really liked were the funny parts that I think were unintentionally funny. You know, like uh, the, the verbal, you know, sparring between Zemo and Kang was was some of that was hysterical, and then at the very end, just Iron Man's totally exasperated. I don't know what the hell's going on. Comment was it just cracked me up, but the rest of it just it, it's like a lesson in missed opportunities because these battles should have been truly awesome. I think there was an attempt for the Thor fight with Wonder Man to be really epic, and it just doesn't quite come off. There's a an attempt of, you know, when Thor is just mopping the floor with Kang for that to be epic, and it just isn't quite. And then there's a, a prolonged fight between Wonder Man and Vision that really should be awesome. And the layouts are really good, but again, it just, I don't feel the, the punch, you know what I mean? I don't feel the end, it's just, it's very bland the way the whole thing is laid out. So... I don't know. It, it could have been truly epic, and it just comes off as kind of blah. So story-wise, I think, you know, as I said, I took points off for a lot of stuff, but I'm going to give a few points back for the chuckles. But overall, I'm uh, I'm going a D on this one. So I think my overall grade is going to be uh, my overall grade is going to come out to. D plus C minus, you know, right in that, right in that gray zone. It's pretty low. It, it could have been a lot better. I wanted to like it a lot more than I did, but really, I just liked it for the unintentional humor more than anything else. And it's a shame because, I mean, where the hell else are you going to find all these characters together in the same story? Not to mention, you know, the, the Human Torch and the Frankenstein monster. You couldn't get a wackier team up than that. And neither one of them is really used to any great effect. And it's it's just kind of a shame. So, there you go. I'll say C- minus just to be generous. Alright, well. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of... Uh, it's going to be a pretty long Avengers spot. <laughs> Darn, that's the end. The end. <laughs> so, we will catch you guys next time when we will be covering... Uh, Avengers 133 as we continue on into the Celestial Madonna saga and I believe we have let me see how many more 47 I have the reading order right here so we still have one, two, three, four more issues to go in the official Celestial Madonna saga oh yay not counting if we were to continue on reading about because Kang will continue on even after this 
like into the 140s where they keep messing around with him. Wow. Oh, that's the cowboy stuff, right? Yep. Yep. I yep. really wouldn't mind covering that actually. I I like that stuff. We'll just we'll have to see that where will, it goes. That will be in the future or the past, depending on which iteration of <laughs> Mortis Kang Ramatut we are. So for for Paul and uh, who is not here, who is a uh, what was the what is the phrase we have for him now? Lazy. No, 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 no. Something individual. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Oh shoot, I deleted the issue already. Trouble Wait, troublesome or something like that? No, no, no. Distressing. distressing. He was a was a particularly distressing individual, aka asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's gonna love this episode. A a PDI. You're a real PDI. <laughs> what? A particularly distressing individual. <laughs> Sit, Ubu, sit.